I'm Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak. It is smack dab right in the middle of the week. Hump day is it as it is called on this Wednesday edition of the podcast. Ben, my friend, how are you doing? Trevor, everything is delicious. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm sick as heck. So actually everything is not delicious. You know how when you're sick, you can't like taste things well? Well, I mean, everything you told me right before the podcast that everything is delicious because you just had a chocolate chip pumpkin muffin. Right? Yes, I did. Welcome to October, brother. We are here. <laughs> no, we're not it's actually seasonal. I mean, whatever. It's fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna a... be your your bleeding green manager, Brandon, and say yeah, it's September. It is, it is September. Um, it's funny because I have a very, sh- I tend to have a very strict, regimented schedule for the holidays. Right? I do not preempt the holiday season. I don't like it when people do. Christmas starts after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving starts after Halloween. There's a structure to this. Um, and so it is a little bit too early for me to be having pumpkin-y things. But like I said, I'm sick, so I'm giving myself some leeway, and I believe I deserve it. Um, so I ate a pumpkin muffin, and it made me happy. Well, hopefully this podcast made you happy, because we're talking about college football. We are previewing the upcoming week, week five I think I messed it up last podcast and I couldn't figure out whether it was four or five. Knowing but... you, probably. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Love you, friend. The truth always oh, no. comes out, doesn't it? Week five of college football. We got a Thursday night matchup. Ben, you're probably not going to watch it because you're going to be watching the Eagles because the Eagles play on Thursday night football. And you're going to yes, miss sir. a real barn burner between Navy and Memphis. How do you feel about missing out on this match? I'll probably be okay. I will say I did give myself in the um, the scouting report assignments for this week, I did give myself Joey Magnifico, the tight end out of Memphis. Mm. Uh, who, for those of you playing at home, yes, I just did say Joey Magnifico. That Magnifico. Is yes, which is a fantastic name for any football player. He's, I mean, he's, a, he's a decent tight end prospect, so I have to sneeze. Oh no! But that's the guy that I'm I'm preparing for, <laughs> for this game, and then I won't watch him at all, as I watch the Eagles instead. Friday's games are actually pretty interesting. Was that the sneeze? Yeah, I pinched my nose so it wouldn't be loud. Well, you, now my ears hurt. Why didn't you just mute your mic? I was not enough time. Why <laughs> you could have just muted the mic? Situation. How did you not have the button over the mute? You knew it was coming. Trevor, I was struck by it. It, it, it was. I had no time to think. We just had to act. Man. <clears throat> we got to work like on Mitchell it. Trubisky playing quarterback. We got to work. We've got to work on how you perform under sneezing pressure. We've got to work on it. We got to adjust my cold game. We got to up the reps. On Friday, though, we have Duke at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. More importantly, we have Penn State at Maryland, which I'll get to in a second. And then more importantly, we have Arizona State at Cal. I do want to mention the Penn State-Maryland game, though, because this is pretty interesting to me. Going into week three of the college football season, Maryland had the number one offense in all of college football. They were scoring— And then who they meet, brother? Oh, they they went up against the wall of defense that is the Temple Owls. Let's not be disparaging Temple around here. Listen, come on. Maryland was Maryland was averaging 70 points a game in their first two games. Now, granted, they played Howard in the first one, scored 79. 
played Syracuse in the second one, scored uh, 63, and scored 17 against Temple and lost. Not great. Not. Philly defense, brother. Oh. We didn't talk to mess about. Boy, quarterback, Maryland quarterback Josh Jackson really slowed down in this one. He was on a pretty big pace. You know who didn't slow down, though, in this game, even though it didn't go well for him? Your boy, Anthony McFarlane Jr. 26 carries, 132 yards still, over five yards to carry and a touchdown. Obviously, it wasn't his best game, but that much of a carry load in that game, you get 132 yards out of that guy. Anthony McFarlane Jr. is a real deal, man. If you guys don't know about him, we've talked about him a little bit on this podcast before we touched on him. We were going through the summer scouting series. This dude is, when I wrote my five-play prospect on him, I called him the next Madden cheat code. You know, he, this guy puts his foot in the ground and changes direction and accelerates north to south, east to west, effortlessly and explosively. This guy is one of the most dynamic running backs in college football, and I think that's going to immediately translate to the NFL. His vision got better uh, from what we saw early on in his career to kind of what we're seeing now. He's recognizing holes in zone zone blocking schemes a lot better, which is really important to me because when you talk about a guy who can really put his foot in the ground and get up the field, that's the kind of blocking concept that I want to see from you, right? I want to be able to get towards the sideline, get outside the tackles. I want to be able to find those creases beyond the hash marks, if you will. And so Having that kind of scheme and seeing him recognize blocking concepts and where holes might open up, looking at his comfort there and looking how he can just put that foot in the ground, get the most out of his speed and his acceleration in that way. Been super impressed with him as a prospect. And I just feel like nobody's talking about him. So Friday night, man, gets a chance to go up against Penn State. I'm hoping a lot more people will get some eyes on him. I'm a big Anthony McFarlane Jr. fan. What can I say? Yeah, we uh I was thinking about this the other day because I was when I talked about how nobody was talking about Brandon Jones. Like, I think we're forgetting because of our jobs and what we do on staff that, like, nobody has watched anybody. That's, right? like, you know what? I came to that realization myself that yeah. when these guys, I think I thought of this like a week or two ago as I'm watching these games. I'm like, man, everybody's watching this guy. And then I'm like, nobody knows anything about these right. prospects yet. And, that's the thing is like even the people who are it's just not the coverage that's like you know getting you know significant run right now like more people care about our analysis like i I just heard about daniel jones's first game for the giants more people care about that right now than they do about Uh, i didn't read it okay good talking uh support the podcast not gonna not gonna read it perfect i mean i lived it brother i I was about to say i was there you kind of know what he did i was anyway um and that's not to be like, oh, like, you know, we look at us. Hold on, hold on, hold players. on real quick. Uh, did you hear that? Oh, God, who was it? Was it Sterling Shepard who said that, like, Daniel Jones came in and, like, said the F word in the huddle and that, like, got him fired up? No, but this 100% tracks. So, like, somebody, I, I think Jones. I think it was Sterling Shepard. I can't remember which wide receiver, which offensive guy it was. But he said, like, as they were making their comeback, Daniel Jones got in the huddle and, like, cursed. And I think he said the F word. And, and Shepard or whoever it was was like, that got us freaking jacked. And they went out and right. you could see that they were playing with emotion. I mean, Jones did a great job of rallying his troops and maybe, you know, letting out the F word. Uh, yeah, dude, I mean, like, Joe, like Jones is a 21, 22-year-old, Russia Jr., yes, a 21, 22-year-old kid out there in his first NFL start and had an 18-point comeback. Like, there's no way. Like, like, this thing is, like, I was not the biggest fan of Jones. And Giants Twitter is giving me some heat for not being the biggest fan of Jones. Um, but there's, you, you, you can't not like that. Oh, dude, it was awesome to watch. 
Right, and, and, and as an Eagles fan, I'm like, oh, like, don't you wish the Giants stayed with Eli? Well, like, sure, in the sense that it would help the Eagles beat them, but I still think the Eagles are better than the Giants. And more importantly, it's more fun when the other team has good players. It's just more interesting. You know, yeah. like, it's like, think, like, like, I don't, I have no, I don't like Giants fans. I don't like the team at all. Uh, but I don't want their, their team it's to okay, be okay, like, Giants fans. I like you. Stay, stay, stay yeah. subscribed to the podcast. Don't, don't listen to Ben. Either way. Um, so like that's the thing is like I just don't think that many like you know like it's not for, it's not from the perspective of like look at us like we're watching all these players well it's so amazing it's just that we forget like discourse really hasn't opened up on these guys and that's why it's cool that we you know I can say like listen like people are gonna pay attention to Brandon Jones like, they're gonna right they, Devin Duvernay the Texas wide receiver like this is this is gonna be a thing like, he's gonna fly up boards right you say it with Anthony McFarland like a lot of people have watched Travis Etienne and watched DeAndre Swift and watched Jonathan Taylor they've seen them in national games they've seen them at 7 p.m. Eastern on game day but McFarland's not getting that and when attention turns to him from the national media turning to a, a draft perspective and then from more of local media turning to to draft targets I mean these these are guys that we're we're going to be well prepared to talk about it's exciting stuff because we're watching them kind of build up that resume speaking of which uh-huh. 10, 10 30 p.m. Eastern Time, Friday late night. Late night. Late night. Our. Listen, if you have something better to do at 10 30 than watch bad Pac 12 football, I will be in Los Angeles, California. So it wow. will be 7 30 for me. That's nice. But anyway, Cal. So I will have Golden plenty Bears. to do. The 15th ranked Cal Golden Bears, 4 0. Hour. 1 0 against the Pac 12. Hour. 1 0 against the SEC. Hour. Golden Bears. <laughs> Up against the Arizona State Sun Devils, who are three and one, even though they really should be two and two, and they are very good. Cal's gonna win this game. Um, I, I have not yet looked at a spread. Actually, I'll pull it up right now. They're in a huge look-ahead spot, though, and so if this spread who's feels next? Too, who's next is is in a week is Oregon at UT. Oh, uh, yeah. right now Oregon's got a bye week this week. Yeah, and then and then next week has Oregon in in UT, which is obviously a very difficult place to play. Now Cal. And Oregon are the only two teams with a win in the Pac-12 North. Washington State obviously dropped the Pac-12 matchup to UCLA. Washington dropped one, two. Cal, Stanford has dropped two. Uh, and so this this is a situation where Cal is suddenly, and this is something I wrote about today for the Draft Network, very well positioned to make a run in the Pac-12. How are they going to be able to do it? Well, they have to be able to beat Oregon next week so right now the line opened at five and a half it's down to four and a half which makes sense to me i'm probably not going to touch this line i think cal is much better than five points better than it and arizona state but i would not be surprised if they came out flat after the travel to Ole miss into the eastern time zone then back for a quick turnaround on a friday night against the sun devils this could get dirty for cal but if they're able to pull out that win two and on the pac-12 getting a one and oh oregon in the pac-12 in oregon which with like huge lead of the pac-12 north mm-hmm. on the line cal has a ton of prospects we don't know about this is just this is not this is not a team with with justin herbert and then like oh some good offensive linemen and, and a linebacker and a couple defensive backs no it's not like there's no one guy for the cal golden bears right, their highest right. draw is probably ashton davis yeah free safety that's what i would who, have said like, well i mean their I, highest draw is probably evan weaver just because of all the tackles but i would say that davis is right, certainly a better an, prospect NFL draft perspective yeah their highest draw is probably davis who's like a round three guy yeah right but this entire secondary is draftable entire secondary should leave the board they've got two draftable linebackers they've got a draftable defensive lineman so we got eight of 11 starters mm-hmm. are nfl players from what i can see 
And then you have a much, much, much improved quarterback in Ross Garbers or Chase Garbers, excuse me. And nobody, like even for the people who are paying attention to Cal, nobody is talking about how well Chase Garbers is playing football. Redshirt freshman last year could not throw the ball. He was a run first throw if the defense gives it to us, but it's not going to be a pretty sort of situation. Now he's testing man coverage outside the numbers. He's playing with good placement on the back shoulder. I mean, Cal's legit. It's probably like Cal's sneaking up on people. Right, and this is this. I'm 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 very excited to watch Cal against Oregon next weekend. Obviously, I said I have to get through this Arizona State game. Yeah, but man, if you want to watch. Uh, there are very few teams in the college level who, independent of their opponent, will simply put man coverage, line up their 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 corners up against your your receivers and say, yeah, we're just going to carry you into space. They just don't have the talent to do it. That's what Cal can do, and it's really impressive to see. Calm down back there, Nugget. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Nugget's always welcome part of the pod, Ben. I think for I Cal— to make yourself a little bit too welcome to the podcast. I, I, think, for, I think for Cal, th- this, is a, this is a really important game. Because these are the games you got to win. Like, if you're legit, if you're a team that's just going to come in and, and has the talent and can maybe just be a, a, an upset team, you know, go in and beat an Oregon or, you know, go in and beat Stanford or USC or, or whoever it is that they're fighting for in the Pac 12 this year, even though the Pac 12 is a little bit down, the difference between you being a legit contender and you just being an upset potential team is beating teams like Arizona State at home on a somewhat short week when maybe the odds aren't as much in your favor like if, if cal's a really legit team i think they'll be able to win this week so i think this week is important not as important as beating oregon would be in the standings but i think it would tell us a lot about what cal is all right let's get to the saturday games starting off we got texas tech versus oklahoma um man what a what a last few years it's been for both of these programs i mean right. cliff, you know cliff kingsbury being the head coach at texas tech guys like patrick mahomes and baker mayfield coming from texas tech i mean oklahoma obviously when mayfield then was there we've had kyler murray lincoln riley's emergence as a play caller these teams and i believe it was ted Wynn who tweeted this out earlier this week we had nine air raid quarterbacks start in the nfl last week nine ben Nine air raid quarterbacks. More than eight, Trevor. It is more than eight. It's more than seven. It's 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 way more than six. It's a ton more than three. Like it's crazy. It's almost half. It's almost half more than five. It is half more than four. Almost half more than five. Don't think that's how that goes. It's nine. It's nine times (laughs) amount. Well, it's not a number, so it's technically not an even thing. So I'm saying more than half. It is nine times more than one. Almost half more. I mean, yeah, I'm not letting you just glaze over that. That's not how words work. <laughs> yeah, they often aren't on the podcast, but, you know, we got no rules. It's my podcast, White Claws. This is going to be an interesting matchup for me just to, because I'm going to enjoy watching these two programs and the way they are and almost not only what they've done for college football, but what they've done in the NFL. Oklahoma's going to absolutely smoke them. This game's not going to be close. But it is going to be something that I watch almost in a reminiscent way of where these two programs and the people that have been at them over the last couple of years have trailblazed this too. And not they're not the only ones. But I'm going to be writing this for the Draft Network as well. We're seeing the pro game adapt from teams like this and programs like this. And so, you know, when they meet, it is kind of special, especially talking about the intertwining history that these two have 
like I said, Oklahoma's probably going to blow the doors off of them. But it is worth kind of, you know, tipping your hat, recognizing what these programs have done for the game of football, not only at the college, but also at the pro level, too. Um, Not a lot of interesting nooners outside of that. I mean, Wisconsin. I was about to say, man, like, we had a sick noon slate last week. Yeah, we got lucky. We had. Say it again? I said we got lucky. Yeah, we had LSU, Vanderbilt, Southern Miss, Alabama, obviously, but it was Michigan, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Florida, California, Ole Miss, and now it's just nothing. This is um, this is a light slate. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's going to run for like— Unless you love yourself some Northwestern versus Wisconsin. Well, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's going to run for like 200 yards against Northwestern. Um, Iowa's going right. to beat Middle Tennessee State. Michigan— you know, trap Michigan game, Rutgers, trap game, yep. trap game. And by trap Trevor. game, I mean, Michigan's not good. So Trevor, I'm going to tell you right now, if this is a one possession game at halftime, the internet's going to blow up. The internet's going to have to shut down. If Rutgers is keeping pace with Michigan, Lord like man. if it's like seven, six Michigan at the half, they're just going to need to stop Twitter. You know, you need to give it an hour moratorium. Arkansas is not really a good team, but they have Rakeem Boyd and Trey Knox. And I don't think Texas A&M is that good. So that could actually be somewhat of an entertaining nooner on the SEC. My entertaining nooner for you is BYU. BYU is, is, is well, BYU okay. Toledo. BYU is a fun squad. And Toledo, we forget, took we, Kentucky pretty much the distance. Uh, when Kentucky's quarterback, I forget what his name is, he was healthy. Terry Wilson. Um, yeah, and then uh, it, it's been... Uh, they 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 wash out Murray Murray State and then they beat out Colorado State. Now they get BYU. BYU coming off a disappointing loss against Washington. BYU has been a, a weird team with weird performances. With good, they, they're they're good, mm-hmm. but they're they're kind of all over the place a little bit. So BYU Toledo I think is going to be low key fun. Three thirty right two point spread. Oh okay, damn. Yeah, I didn't know it'd be Toledo's that close. Not bad. Three thirty is is the the time to tune in to college football. It really is. You got Clemson at North Carolina. Mac Brown's got North Carolina as this <laughs> weird winning team that I never thought was going to happen. I think that Clemson is obviously going to win this game, but it being in North Carolina at least makes it somewhat intriguing to me. Old Miss plays at Alabama. I think Alabama's going to absolutely slap the crap out of Old Miss, but it's going to be interesting because it's two teams that have big names in the SEC going at each other. Notre Dame's trying to rebound against Virginia, although they host. That's a 10 versus 18 matchup. And then USC, number 21, travels to Washington, number 17. A little Pac-12 afternoon showdown. This is a 12:30 local time kickoff for a USC-Washington game. A little rare, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, but this whole like, you know, hey, we'll become more fun by playing earlier is one of the most fascinatingly dumb takes I've ever heard from Pac-12. But sure. I mean, you know, I think Pac-12. Two of your state, two of the stadiums you actually are capable of filling. Like two stadiums that you don't have, two teams that you don't have problem getting fans out for. And put them at 12 local on a Saturday. No. Yeah. Listen, 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 listen. We here on the East Coast, in the SEC and in the ACC and even a little bit in the Big Ten, we get a lot of these games where if they kick off at noon, you start drinking at like 6, 7 a.m. You know, you start pre-gaming at 6, 7 a.m. And it becomes a marathon. And it becomes a, an event, right? I mean, like you, you're kind of probably out a little bit on Friday, but you're going hopefully going to bed a little bit early because you know what's coming next. That alarm's coming. You're slamming the alarm. You're turning the alarm off, and you're immediately cracking a beer. 
That's just how game days go when you got nooners of the team that you're there to watch and go see. Pac-12 doesn't get that. You know what? I want them to experience it too. Probably would not have chosen the USC Washington game to be yeah. the one that you choose that you choose to let the students experience it. But it's somewhat of a big game. The students get to start pre-gaming before the sun comes up. It's a beautiful feeling whenever you get to do that. So you know what? Even though I think it's super dumb that the Pac-12 is abandoning a brand of Pac-12 after dark that makes them entertaining, that allows people who are on the East Coast to watch Pac-12 games when they normally wouldn't get to, even though I think that that completely contrasts that and it is dumb, you get to drink beer early. So there you go, students. The main takeaway here is that you get to drink beer early. Listen, anytime you have an excuse to crack open a White Claw as the sun comes up, I've often said, a spiritual experience unlike any other. You gotta do it. Are there any like major scouting things that you're really looking forward to more than anything else from these these three thirty games I listed? Um, I'd like to see Notre Dame and Ian Book again against another, I think, very good pass. How did you think that Book did? Did you, did you I know you talked about him a little bit right. earlier this week, but you know, him Here's, right. Here's the thing. I think he did fine, right? But there's a problem with that which is that in most of the games that he, not most of, in the two big games against huge blue blood competition that he's played, Georgia and Clemson, Mm -hmm. he's been fine and his team has lost. And so I'd like, you know, I don't don't have a huge problem with the on-field product, but you'd like to see him elevate the team enough to the point where they could really win. Which obviously we're not going to measure quarterbacks by wins here, but if Book is good enough to take a a, a great recruiting, uh, you know, a good talent base in Notre Dame, beat the teams that are worse than them and lose to the teams that are better than them, then he's really not anything at the NFL level. You know what I mean? Like you kind of you have to be able to elevate beyond that. So I, I was fine with that. I thought he played well. Uh, I, th- I think I, I still think in terms of college quarterback, uh, college quarterbacks, especially under pressure, I think Book is one of the best that we've got. But I'm just not sure that there's enough physical talent there in terms of how he throws the football. He's a great runner in terms of how he throws the football to be a huge needle mover at the next level. Now, I could be saying very much the same thing about Gardner Minshew last year. Not so much with the, the Clemson-Georgia contact. Sure, but yeah. In terms of, of the mobility and the comfort under pressure to, to not screw up your team, that's what Minshew's bringing to the Jaguars right now. And the Jaguars aren't good. Gardner Minshew is a backup. But I'm just saying there's... Those traits alone can help you stick at the NFL level. So for the sake of Ian Book, uh, we have that to acknowledge. Um, so that's that, that, that's that's my main t- like that's my main thing for the three thirty games. Obviously, we get to watch Notre Dame again against a good defense. This is the only like ranked on ranked competition that we really have. I will say, uh, Wake Forest against Boston College, Iowa State against Baylor. If you like points, Trevor, some good games. I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of points. As I've often said, points are fun. As I have often said, you need to score more points than the other team to win. Interesting. Tell me more. No, it's about. I mean, that's that's about it. There's not a lot more that you're right. To, we to already went on. through this. Nine is more than eight. Five is half more than whatever the heck else. Yeah, ha- yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Would you say? I mean, going back to the Notre Dame game, would you say that the book is out on Ian? <sighs> The seven o'clock slate. Who's playing? Who's who? What? Please, God, give me a game. There's no good games to segue to. There's no good games Kansas to segue this State. to. You've got to sit in the State. terrible dad joke for as long as I let it hold. 
This is my podcast, and you will suffer through it. Ten, I mean, 7 o'clock on. It, truly, we don't have a lot of really good noon games. And then the nightcap games aren't great either. We've got Kansas State, Oklahoma State, which I think could be a surprisingly good game. There's a chance that Hubbard and Wallace can really take control and Oklahoma State could really start to run up the score, especially with it being at Oklahoma State. But I do, I think that Kansas State is a better team than a lot of people give them credit for. Uh, they started out pretty strong in the year, although the competition wasn't great. But I think, they're a, I think they are a better team than people are giving them credit for. And so I think that there's a chance that they could really go shot for shot for Oklahoma State for a little bit. But, of course, having the guys like Hubbard and, and Wallace on the other side make me think that Ohio that Oklahoma State at some point is going to pull away. So that one could be a good one. I'm hoping it is because I'm looking around the schedule and there's not a lot much else. The ABC game, the late ABC game, is Ohio State at Nebraska. And unless Nebraska... Unless Nebraska channels some of that crazy fanhood into the on-field product. I, Justin Field, do you realize Justin Field scored six touchdowns in a quarter last week? Here's the thing about Justin Field. In a quarter! He's very, very good at football. A quarter! Very good at football. The idea that you would somehow make this young man upset enough to leave via the agent that is Jake Fromm, heresy. I'm going to be writing about Jake Fromm this week on the Draft Network, so. Uh-oh. That's not going to be good. Well, we're going to see how good it is. Like Jake Fromm. Not very good. Wow! Out here smoking your boy Ian Book, and he's got no respect. No respect. Trevor, how are you going to feel when Oregon State beats Stanford? Um... I mean, that's expected. No, it's not. Oregon State is three and a half point underdogs. Oh, well, that's stupid. Take Oregon State. (laughs) Oregon State's going to beat Stanford. Here's the thing about Stanford. Tell us. Tell us the thing. Tell us the one thing about Stanford. Well, firstly, they're they're not coached by a good head coach. This whole, like, David Shaw is a good head coach thing is the most fascinating thing in the world to me. He's a complete and utter coward with a super old school mentality. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He, yeah. And he finally has one of the best quarterbacks that he's had in, in Sanford since Luck in Costello. I thought you were just going to leave that sentence yeah, like that. And I'm like, like yeah, yeah. mother of God, dude. I know right. I might have messed up the math earlier, but can we not can we not stick a fork in Andrew Luck just post-retirement, please? Right, no, it's sad. But then, so, right, so the thing is, like, the— when, when, when the Cardinal recruited Costello, yes. their head coach at the time was Keller Chris. Or, excuse me, their quarterback at the time was Keller Chris. Was and that uh, two, two K's? Was that uh, first, last name, start with the same letter? No, it was KC, Keller Christ. Yeah. But Keller Christ, maybe then? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, to hell with he, him. Yes, I agree. And he was not good. And they held Costello back. And now Costello's playing. And he firstly could have used an extra season of development earlier in his career. You should have put him in there. But secondly, uh, Costello's got arm talent. But he just is a mess mechanically. And he's a mess process-wise. And it's sad because this is like – I remember when I was in 2017, I was like, you got to put Costello in this team, in this field. What are you doing with Chris out there still? Costello's clearly more talented. He didn't go out and he hasn't developed there. And, to, and, and now they need to be able to throw the ball because they've got offensive line – uh, their life coach left. They've got injury problems, and, and they have no Bryce Love. They have uh, poor running backs, like in, relative to what Stanford usually has, I should say. Um, 
I mean, you'd be able to throw the ball. Casella just can't do it consistently. So this team is just, from a philosophy and then recruiting to onto the field perspective, it's just lost. It's just a complete, you know, just a, a, a tumbleweed. It's it's confusing and it's bad. Meanwhile, Oregon State is four, four-star wide receiver spread and shred. They're a ton of fun to watch on offense. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, true, true sophomore, going to be eligible next year. Tremendous young talent at running back. They got good players. Uh, so this I think. I'm going to be watching an Oregon State football game. It's going to be great. Oregon State, let's not forget, took Stanford pretty tight last year, if memory serves. But regardless. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, your boy? Just, I mean, we'll, we'll get, again, like he's a player that we're, we're going to get around to at some point. Someone's going to get there. Yep. Um, that one, I think Oklahoma State-Kansas State is going to be a really fun game. I really like what they're doing the first year there at Kansas State post-Bill Snyder. Um, post-Bill Snyder for now. He's, he's going to come back eventually. He always does. Is that a take? Well, I mean, it's, it's like a half-hearted take. I mean, even when Bill Snyder dies, they're going to hire his ghost to be the head coach at some point. Wow, that'll be interesting. What I will say is that two of my favorite early lines right now are Auburn minus 11 against Mississippi State and Oklahoma State uh, minus, I'm looking at it right now. What yeah. Oh, minus 4.5 against Kansas State. Both Auburn and Oklahoma State are undefeated against the spread so far this year. They're both 4-0. Mm, very interesting note. And, and there's absolutely no reason for Kansas State to be catching less than five against Oklahoma State. So I already have money down on that game, and I probably will continue to have money down on that game. For the, week. the Pac-12 after dark games this week, we got Washington State at Utah and then UCLA at Arizona. Are Which one, if either, Ben, are worth staying up for? I guess Honestly, after I guess okay. after last week, you I, the, the answer is you just right. have to stay up because you just I'm never know what's going to happen. UCLA, but, Arizona, right? But, yeah. Um, I mean, so Utah's had an issue with Washington State now for a couple of years. I think that's the one I'm going to be. I mean, that's the one I'm going to be watching. Right. But I mean, here's what's annoying is that like if when when Utah lost to to a USC, it was like shoot, like Utah just ruined the Washington State game. And then Washington State lost to UCLA. Nobody saw that coming. So now it's like kind of interesting again because being a one-loss team doesn't hurt as much anymore. Your only remaining one-loss teams in the Pac-12 are Cal, and is that it? Pac-12 record. I think that's it. No, um, um, wasn't there one other team that was undefeated or no? I mean, so outside of the Pac-12, you obviously have more more than um, more than you like within within like conference play. You obviously have multiple undefeated teams. But no, everybody in the Pac-12 South has a loss. Wow. Yeah, everybody in the Pac-12 South has at least one loss. Wow. And then, yes, Cal's, Cal's the only overall undefeated team left. And so you're going to have a mess in the Pac-12. So like Utah, especially in, in a Pac-12 South with a ton of nonsense in it, like this game matters a lot to Utah. And then Washington State, the the division is by no means out of reach because, again, it's a pretty chaotic, difficult, nasty, everybody's going to beat everybody sort of a, 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 a conference. So... I don't know. Maybe this game matters now a bit more. So Utah Washington State would be my answer. I don't think it's gonna be thrilling, but that's what I'm giving you. I just I'm 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 sitting here thinking about how mad I am that I missed last week's Pac twelve after dark. All right, Ben, what do you think is the most expensive ticket this week? You're not gonna okay. get it. You're not gonna get it. Watch me. Okay. Uh, don't cheat. I'm not. I'm looking at Action Network's game those things. Um, this is that's great podcast noise. Please keep doing that. People probably <laughs> love it. Clemson, UNC. No, dang it. 
Okay, 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 okay. Northwestern Wisconsin. No. God dang it. You get one um, more guess. Okay, so it's got to be something weird. Uh-huh. All right. It's like NC State, Florida State. It's like randomly really expensive. No, Florida but State it's so crazy. No, but it is Coastal Carolina at Appalachian State. No, it's not. Tickets as low as $172. Coastal Carolina? Out here packing it. Packing but, them in. Okay, like the sardines. State, They've the had people State on wait lists for this one right. for years. It's probably insanely... Uh, it's like yeah, it's a super small stadium. Yeah, like, this of course. One, this one seventy-two ticket is for grass, the grass hill behind the end zone. Amazing, that's amazing. What do you think is yeah. the What do you think is the cheapest ticket? Okay, well, this is gonna be like a giant stadium that nobody cares about. <laughs> uh, uh, that's actually fair at this point because on the two games that I've seen of them on TV when they hosted their SEC opponents, it was basically a home game for both of the other teams. Okay, SEC opponents. A little hint. A little hint. Like two- Played two SEC teams at home. I believe. And they've allowed the opponent to have a big presence. Correct. Vanderbilt. It's Vanderbilt. It is Vanderbilt. You can get into that game. You can get into that game for $2. $2. I mean, the Vanderbilt, the, what, what's what's the name of their stadium? I can't remember. Oh, Vanderbilt Stadium. Um, is it literally just called Vanderbilt Stadium? Oh yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, but that's that's like a decently sized. It's not a you know for Pac-12 stadiums, it's not huge, but it's a decently sized stadium. Yeah. Oh, too bad the team sucks. What are you gonna do about you it? Hate to see it? You hate to see it. That's all for college football this uh, this week. I was about to say on this episode, but but this week because tomorrow we're going never talk about it ever. We're we're switching gears. We're going to the NFL. We're going to look at every single game in the NFL this week, Thursday through. Monday, Ben and I are going to be going through the lines. We need Joe to update us. Ben caught back up to me after week two, so we need Joe to update us on on where we are in the standings, uh, how many games Ben or myself might be ahead as we pick the lines for every single game. After that, of course, it will be Fan Friday. We're doing our Fan Friday podcast a little bit early this week because I've got to fly out to LA because the Bucks play the Rams this week, so I won't have um, my podcast stuff. So we're trying to do it early this week which means Wednesday, which is today, we're going to be sending out the question on Twitter for you to ask all of your Fan Friday questions. Remember, I anything... I a little bit following this. What? I said, this is, there's so many days to keep track of right now, but I think I've got it. Wednesday, today, we're asking for your Fan Friday questions. That's all you got to remember. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, head over to twitter.com. Go view the profiles of at Benjamin Solak or at Tampa Bay Trey. Tell us your Fan Friday questions. It could be anything, football or completely not football. We will answer whatever. We're like the Ron Burgundy podcast. Anything you put on that prompter, we've got to read. That's actually not true. I screamed. Yeah, let's, but, let's definitely not claim that. No, I was just, I was, I, I just said, I, no, I was, I was just saying, I screen all the questions anyways. But we do answer most of them. Even if they're wild and out there, because that's what makes the show fun. We're looking forward to that, um, as well as the NFL and college football games that are coming up this weekend. So until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.